Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ammo Art Chat. Um, as you probably have seen if you've been on Facebook or heard about any changes uh, lately, this will be our last actual Ammo Art Chat. Um, and in this show today, we'll be talking with Tony Pro. We'll be talking about inspirations from New Directions. And um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about why this is the last Art Chat. Tony, are you shuffling papers around? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, because I'm hearing a lot of I'm hearing a lot of noise. I was trying to figure out where else it's coming from. Hopefully, it's not Blog Talk Radio. But um, hello, Tony. We'll welcome you in now, and then I'll get into the announcements. <laughs> How are you doing? Good morning. I'm good. Good afternoon. Good morning from wherever you're from. Yeah, wherever we're at. Night, I guess, down under, I suppose. But uh, yeah, so it's it um, just to, to go into why this is the ammo uh, last ammo art chat. Ammo stands for Artist Mentors Online. Um, we're going to be moving away from that, and I had been given an uh, a, uh, offer by FNW Media to actually do these art chats through the Artist Network, which uh, is a really wonderful thing. Um, we'll be actually being able to target directly to, to artists. Um, we'll be using some of their marketing uh, tools that they have, and it, it's just really going to expand the show a lot. And then. Um, so the next art chat show, the next art chat show will be on February 14th. It'll have a, a new format, and the format will be um, that we'll have an interview portion of the show that'll last anywhere from 40 minutes, 50 minutes to an hour, and then we have a 30-minute uh, question and answer session afterwards, so that our live listeners will be able to, to actually ask our guests questions. And uh, we're really, really excited about that. It's actually going to be run more like a webinar than it will be a talk show format. So that opens up a lot of um, a lot of new adventures, I guess you could say, and new explorations for us in this field. We'll still be recording it, and we'll still be offering out as a podcast and uh, afterwards, so you can download them to your podcast, your mobile device and listen to them while you're painting. You'll also be able to listen to them live. So there'll be a lot of announcements and things coming out, links that you can go to, all that kind of stuff uh, in the months or weeks to come. So to make sure that you're uh, up on all that, please go out and register for my newsletter out at www.lindafissler.com. That's the best way to stay uh, in touch with this show. Um, I'm not particularly sure how much more updates we'll be doing over at Artist Mentors Online. Uh, Kevin has been uh, working and doing a lot of um, exploration in China and uh, around um, portraits and things like that as well. So his, his direction has kind of changed as well. So it's kind of interesting that this announcement is happening when we're talking about inspiration from new directions. But um, so not really sure how much is going to be going on over at AMO. So please make sure that you register for my newsletter, especially if you want to be a part of all the new art chats that are coming up. And then a special note for all of the listeners that are in the Cincinnati, Ohio area, northern Kentucky, southeastern uh, Indiana, 
Michael Harding and Karen Harding are going to come to our area, to Cincinnati, uh, to actually film a show with me in downtown Middletown. Um, and then we are going to hold on Saturday some demos and discussions about his paints. So this is your opportunity, if you live in that area, to meet Michael and to actually come out, hear about his paints, and be able to play with those paints. So if you're interested in that, again, the best way to get in touch with me is through my website, or you can email me at cincyredhead, that's C-I-N-C-Y, redhead, all one word, at gmail.com. So any questions or anything, um, just drop a line to that. Okay, house cleaning out of the way. Welcome, Tony, again. <laughs> so, Thank you. Yeah, all this house cleaning stuff you have to take care of before we actually get into the discussion. But um, I wanted to talk to you about, I've been noticing through Facebook and your website and a, a number of different things, there's been a little bit of a new direction for your art. Yes. And, and it's probably, yes. it's probably not even a little bit. I'd say it's a pretty big new direction in your art. And I think that was influenced by your father. And um, if you could just start off telling us a little bit about your father's work and what he um, achieved in his lifetime, because he, he, he had a pretty cool art career, I think. Well, he did. I mean, uh, even though art wasn't his primary career, um, you know, he, my dad was a very uh, multifaceted gentleman. Um, he he actually started out um, as a, uh, a musician. He, he was um, he was a pianist, and he and he uh, got a degree um, in in music. And you know he played the organ, he played the piano, he played the tuba, he played all kinds of stuff. Um, and um, so, and eventually he had a desire to be uh, study medicine. And so he used, uh, he, you know, he used playing in nightclubs and you know, or playing in bars and whatnot to get him through uh, to pay for his med school and that kind of thing. And wow. so he spent he spent over fifty years as being an anesthesiologist. Um, I would say probably in the I think he he and my mom in the late seventies into the early eighties started um, uh, looking you know being interested in the Western art market for collecting art. And when I was uh, when I was much younger. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm about 10 years apart from my older siblings. Oh, and okay. uh, so, I, um, so I went up, pretty much went everywhere with them on, on trips uh, because my older siblings were able to stay home. So we, they would take me around to uh, all these different art shows and these different art auctions. And, you know, because they were, they were you know, back then they were just collecting. Mm -hmm. And so we met, you know, we, we would go to the, the Cowboy Artists of America show every year in, in Phoenix, uh, and I get to meet all of, a lot of the old-time cowboy artists, you know, Frank McCarthy and, and James Bama and all those uh, those artists. And, you know, I was eight, nine years old, ten years old then, and, and um, I didn't really think a whole lot of it, but, you know, I used to go through the museums with my dad and the art shows with my dad, and he'd tell me who was who. And I eventually started knowing artists just based on the work, you know. And, and so I was able to guess, you know, who was who. And, um, and so I would kind of kind of get into it that way. And, uh, you know, it was all Western art. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And so, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, with a lot of the home videos from us uh, when we were, when I was younger, um, you know, at these different shows and, you know, and, and uh, in fact, I've got, on my very first DVD I did, there's a clip of, um, there's a, a short clip of uh, my dad introducing uh, introducing where we were at the time, which was the, the Gilcrease Museum, and we were there to see uh, uh a, a, a sort of I don't I don't know if it was a I don't think it was a retrospective I think it was just a showing of Richard Schmidt's work and at the oh, time wow. I was I think I was about eleven or twelve years old and hmm. so and so that footage is there and I I found that footage and I put it on my very first DVD in the, in the little documentary I did on my dad's life in the in the beginning of that DVD um, and uh, it's just it, it, to me it's ironic because. Um, you know, at, the, at that age, you know, it's, uh, little. If you had told me then that, you know, eventually I, my work was shown in the Gilcrease Museum at, a, at the miniature show that used to have every year, um, back in 2000, was that 2008, 2007? Uh, you know, so I had actually work hanging in the Gilcrease, Gilcrease Museum um, a couple years in a row. And then, you know, and then to be, to establish a friendship with Richard Schmidt, it was just, it was so weird. It was just kind of a full circle thing. It's really odd. But, um, but anyway, uh, and then eventually my dad um, started getting into actually drawing, and he studied with um, Fred Fixler, who taught uh, Morgan Weisling and, and my brother and a lot of other great artists. And he started uh, taking the drawing classes, and then he started getting into painting, and he studied with Neil Boyle and um, Larry Salk and uh, a lot of other um, great artists. He took a lot of uh, workshops with Ted Gershner. And um, so, it, so, so it, you know, I had, uh, I had that uh, influence on me early in my, in my, in my uh, studies of being an artist. Um, and then when I was learning how to paint, see, I was living at home uh, when I went to college. I went to college at Cal State Northridge, which was uh, an easy walk uh, from my parents' house. So I lived at home all through college. And while in college, I was also studying uh, drawing, uh, only drawing. I, I didn't, I actually, I never took any painting classes. I only just studied drawing. And the drawing classes... Um, were with Glenn Orbick, who was Fred Fixler's student at the at, at the same school that my dad and my brother went to. So um, so I was studying drawing at the time, and then when I began to learn how to paint, I just sort of dove into it. And um, my parents have a uh, sort of a guest house, a studio house in their backyard, which was what we set up. My dad had set up as a studio. So in the evenings, I I would uh, you know when I get home from work or school or whatever, I'd go out there and I I would just sort of just dive into painting. And I would use a lot of my dad's uh, photography. My dad had just, I mean, he was like, it drove my mom nuts too. You know, he'd always have a new, you know, new camera that he'd get. And then every year we'd go uh, on these trips and my all my dad would do would, would he'd photograph wildlife and Indians and cowboys and he rarely would take any pictures of his own family. <laughs> I mean, he did, but but you know, not enough to to please my mom. But um, but so you know, so we have this 
he has this archive of just thousands and thousands of, of uh, photographs of, you know, uh, Civil War reenactments, uh, you know, um, powwows. I mean, we were going to powwows all the time when I was younger. Uh, in fact, you know, my cousins and I used to, you know, he would he'd drag my, my cousin and my uncle along and we'd go and, you know, it would just be that constant powwow drone of, oh, yeah, 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 oh, you know, the, the drum beats and all that. We would make fun of it when we were kids. But but I was, you know, I was there at a lot of these events. And um, so what I did was I used these photographs to, to as just reference just to learn how to paint when I was painting. So so I basically learned how to paint by copying, uh, you know, copying a lot of the master paintings that I like. And then when I was painting just from something other than uh, master paintings, I was using my dad's images, uh, and they were all, you know, cowboys and, and, and different Indians and Civil War soldiers and that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I destroyed a lot of them because they were so bad. But some of them I, we kept and my parents hung up in their, their house in Arizona. And, um, but uh, so that's kind of... You know, the, sort of the backstory of, of where the the Western art, um, sort of the Western art thing came about. And then, um, you know, as I got older, and I started getting, uh, you know, a little bit a little bit better with painting and feeling more comfortable, I, I didn't really want to. I didn't, you know, as as kids, you know, a lot of times there's a tendency to naturally do what your parents. Uh, don't want you to do or, you know, your parents want you to do one thing and you kind of go the other way. And, and so I, I kind of wanted to, to paint, um, I, I wanted to paint what I, what I thought was me, you know, or who I thought, uh, who I thought I was. And uh, it, 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 it worked for a while and I was painting things that, that uh, you know, inspired me or, you know, and, you know, paintings of my, you know, early on it was paintings of my wife and the kids and, right. you know, my, my when I met Richard Schmidt um, all those years ago, he, you know, he had told me that every painting I do is a self-portrait, uh, you know, based on, you know, the things that I, that I see and all that kind of thing. So that really stuck, it stuck with me. And then uh, as I got older, um, I thought I could just basically paint anything and everyone would accept it. And, then, you know, and to, a, to, a, to an extent, that's the way being an artist should be, is that you should just paint whatever you want and whatever you feel. And, you know, and, and, and you just kind of roll with how it's accepted. And, um, but, but the problem that lies in there is the, the, the issue of being able to sell what you paint. <laughs> so, um, it's a small problem. <laughs> you know, a lot of times, yeah, I mean, a lot of times, you know, when you paint things for yourself, um, a lot of times people won't want to buy it, especially if, if you're still trying to, um, if you're still trying to get a name for yourself amongst collectors. I mean, it's one thing to have a name for yourself amongst artists, but to have a name for yourself amongst collectors is a totally different ballgame. Right. And uh, so I, I, you know, the last um, last year, uh, I was going through a lot of, you know, before my dad passed away, I was going through a lot of uh, internal changes in my head and, and deciding on, well, you know, this is, 
you know, I, I was painting a lot of work, but, it, you know, I was kind of losing passion for or losing the drive because, you know, things weren't selling as well as I wanted them to. Um, and I, I started, you know, thinking about it. And I, I would talk to my dad a lot about this. I mean, I'd call my dad every day. And we'd talk on the phone about, you know, anything art-related. You know, he, he just loved to talk about art and, uh, you know, what was going on in the art scene. And he always wanted to always wanted to know what was going on with my friends. And he always wanted to know what was going on with Alexi, too. That was, like, one of his favorite <laughs> favorite things was to find out what <laughs> Alexi Steele was doing. And uh, so, anyway, um, I started getting this thought about, you know, going back to, to doing some Western art and, um, you know, just kind of going back to my roots. And um, it was literally the the last conversation I had with my dad on the phone was, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, he was really excited at the thought that I was thinking about getting back into Western art because it's what it, what he loved and, and this kind of thing. And, and we, we sort of talked about it. And he was, you know, he was, he was very... Uh, he was very excited. He was very uh, supportive of the idea. And um, you know, if, if, if it's funny if you go in, if you go into my parents' home, it's literally like a, a museum of, of Indian rugs. And uh, I mean, they've sold a lot over the years too. Um, but I mean, it, it, it's just it's it's a it's a dream for anybody who paints uh, that kind of genre because there's there's props everywhere. <laughs> and so, um, and so, you know, he had, you know, he passed away the next day, and uh, you know, and that just kind of set me on, on a, you know, psychologically it was tough because you know I lost one of my best friends, as well as my 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 father figure, and, and my, and he was just, you know, he was like a pinnacle of everything I knew to be right and just and good and all that, but uh, I almost immediately after grieving for a couple of days because I was just, you know, like anybody would be when they lose a, a loved one, they you're just kind of stunned, <laughs> to okay. say the least. Okay. And then, you know, after a few days, all of a sudden I had this urge to get in the studio and just start working. And, and it helped me get through a lot of that grieving process. And I went in the studio and I just started painting... Um, I just started painting, you know, westerns. I started painting uh, images that, um, you know, a lot of them were from my dad's uh, references that I that he had had, and actually um, references of, of uh, that I had used when I was learning how to paint. Uh, you know, so I had done paintings of these from these images before, but you know, now that I have a lot more control over the medium and understanding of drawing and how light works. Uh, I was able to make um, make something out of it as opposed to a, a mess like what I did when I was learning how to paint. So I, and since then, and it's been um, seven months uh, as of yesterday, uh, I've been more prolific in the last seven months than I probably have been in the last, you know, six years. Um, and it's it's weird. It's like a whole new uh, a whole new fire and uh, energy to paint again, and I've just you know I've been going crazy. I've got you know I've always got two three paintings going at once, and 
you know, I work on one and I need it to dry, set up and dry a little bit, so I, you know, work on the other one. And so I've just been going nuts. <laughs> and um, I've gotten into, uh, I got back into Legacy Gallery in Scottsdale. Um, they they uh, took me back on, because uh, I showed with them back in 2005. And, uh, but I wasn't really, you know, obviously I wasn't doing any Westerns back then, so they had a hard time moving my work. And the things that they did want to move, I, I didn't want to sell because they were, you know, they were too personal. The paintings were too personal to me. So, that it didn't work out then. <laughs> but, um, but, I, but I've uh, gotten back in there and then um, Insight Gallery down in, uh, in Fredericksburg, Texas is going to take some of my work uh, this, com this coming year. And I'm in a group show um, in the fall uh, with them which is our big, it's a big group show, sort of the new, um, sort of the new, uh, I, can't, I can't remember what they call the show, but it's basically the, the new young guns of the Western, Western art world. Um, you know, people like me and G. Russell Case and uh, Logan, uh, Logan Jezge and a bunch of other great artists. I'm really excited to be in that show. And, uh, and I've recently hired a, an agent uh, who's who's going to just help me get placed in different galleries around the uh, around the country, and sort of handle a lot of my PR work, and um, and that should be uh, that's kind of exciting to me because I've always had I've always done all my own marketing and all my own design and, and sort of all my own PR, and it was fun to do, but I just don't have the the time uh, to do it anymore because I just want to paint. So. Right. So that's that's sort of where I'm at now. Um, I, I I'm I'm feeling pretty good now, and uh, uh, you know I've just got this new vigor to just keep moving forward and keep pushing on. And it's exactly I know it's exactly what my dad would want me to do. And I still got this. I've got the support of my mom. My mom, you know, has been really enjoying all the work that I've been been putting up, and um, you know, she's uh, she she and the rest of my family have been really supportive about it, and. And things are looking good. I mean, I'm I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it, and uh, I've been, you know, I had some sales in the gallery already, which is exciting, and uh, you know, and all all, all signs point uh, point north, so that's where I'm headed. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, very happy that that you're finding this this great inspiration, and you're really enjoying it. And um, hold on one second. I know I'm going to cough. I'm, I apologize to everybody. I'm fighting a cold. And <clears throat> let me get a drink of water real quick. No problem. It's cold in the Midwest. You gotta love it. But um, I want oh, to take yeah. you back. There's, there's so much that you were talking about in there, and especially since you found the inspiration. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, did you find that, or do you go back and look at the other paintings before you moved into your Western part or the the Western? Painting the westerns. If you go back and look at your other painting, do you see that it? Do you think it affected affected the quality, or you know, we may not see it looking at it, but it, does it feel like there's something missing from it? From my older, from the, the from my older, the, the work that was previous to the western. Yes. Is that? No, I mean, I, I the work that I was doing. Um, you know that there there was a lot of me, and a lot of the, the paintings that I was doing. You know, for instance, the the 
the train station piece, the girl at the train station, um, that was that was uh, one of the pieces that I that was a lot of me. It was just part of my travels, you know. It was part of um, what I was seeing, and um, you know, and of course there was the, the the painting of Dante Alighieri. That was that was another painting that just um, something I saw and something that I thought was was very exciting, and, and people respond to it well. I mean, they like it. But, um, you know, going from a painting of Dante Alighieri to a woman in a train station and then to a painting of my wife and kids was kind of like jumping all over the place. And from a marketing standpoint, uh, selling in a gallery, it, 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 doesn't, um, it doesn't lend itself to a consistency that collectors want. So, um, so I kind of, I'm trying to figure out a way to just be more consistent with how I present my work and and because that's what collectors want to see, um, and I, you know, we, we, and that's and that's a, there's a difference between painting for galleries and then painting for collectors, I think, because uh, when you're painting for galleries, you're painting in bulk and you're painting just to get stuff out there so they can put stuff up on the wall that they think they can sell, whereas when you're painting for collectors, you're 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 you've got them in mind. Um, but you're also painting for yourself, but you have the collector in mind what they would want to hang on their walls, you know, and, and, and there, is a, there is something to be said about that, um, you know. So it's, it's uh, you know, that's kind, of, that's kind of where I'm coming from at this point. But I'm also, but it's also fun because every time I do one of these paintings, it's, you know, I'm going through, um, you know, kind of, Picking and pulling a lot of different reference images and, and that kind of thing, and I'm I'm remembering things of what uh, you know what my dad would would be doing, and, and it just kind of brings me a little bit closer to him. Um, I'm not sure I answered your question, but uh, no, I, no, I think I think you did. I, and I like it, what's really interesting is, is from a, a standpoint of we always hear the words consistent body of work and. Um, not only is it a consistency in the quality of the work, but it, it's also, you know, it seems like you're saying it also is somewhat around um, a themed type set of work, a consistent body. So if you're going out to the gallery, for example, you know, don't take just your best paintings. That may be a hodgepodge of different things, but you need to go to that gallery um, with a specific theme and the highest quality, because I mean, yeah, because they, asked, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they want to be able to they want to be able to hang your work, you know, four or five pieces on one of their walls, and all five pieces need to look like the same artist, or or and it also needs to look like it was. This is what this artist does, you know. This is what this artist paints, and there's a comfort to the gallery and the collector that. You know, if they buy one of these pieces, you know the artist isn't going to completely change, you know, two three years down the line and paint something different, and therefore lowering the value of their painting they're buying. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of collectors approach things that way, and the galleries definitely think that way. I mean, my opinion about buying art is you should just buy it because you like it. You know, that's 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 really, and that's what any any um, art collector. Uh, or any anybody that that consults art collectors, they tell them first and foremost, you you buy it because you like it, you know, and that that you want to hang it on your wall, 
and everything else should be secondary, but unfortunately, a lot of times it's not the case. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so um, I guess I, I guess I keep coming around to the inspiration from new directions when, when we're talking about that, and um, there's this, we talked a little bit about collectors and things like that, like, if I looked at a number of different artists, there are there are times when, well, I mean, you know, Claude Monet had his blue period, if you will, where he was experimenting with all the different blue colors and, and different things like that. So you run a risk, actually, when you um, decide to go in a new direction that you might actually lose some of your older collectors, uh, but you right. might find new, new collectors. Uh, so yeah. it's almost like, you, you know, what I find interesting, Tony, is that you're, you're doing this new direction, and you're so inspired by it. Like you said, you're, you're being more pro prolific now, um, but who knows what's going to happen five years down the road, and you, know, you may decide that you want to go off and do something, something else may inspire you, and I don't mean just you know, very flippantly that you're going to go off and do something differently. You know, there'll be something else no, that no, comes I, along that inspires you. No, I agree too. I mean, uh, you know, most of the in most of the galleries that I've already spoken to, um, they don't want to see me just, uh, you know, they don't want to see me not paint the things that I used to paint, and that's not really the plan. I mean, for now, I'm just sort of going to produce some Western work, but I'm not going all Western because it's not, you know, I mean, it, it's it, I still want to be able to paint things that I enjoy, and a lot, you know, a lot of it'll be, you know, could be family scenes or could be you know, friends, uh, you know, just and just, you know, effects of light. I'm, I've been really getting into landscape painting again. I'm, I've been getting excited by that. And some of it is going to have some southwestern theme because, I, you know, it's the places I've been going lately. But, um, you know, I, I, it, it, it's just a matter, it's just a slight adjustment of, of the subject matter that I happen to be picking um, you know, I'm just trying to be a, a little smarter about it um, because you know it, 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 it's more of a <laughs> it's more of um, it's more of a necessity to to make sure that I, I I do get a good collector base so I can you know take care of my family and not uh, you know not, not live like a starving artist uh, the rest of my life and just uh, so um, so that's kind of. That's kind of where I'm at. But no, I, I definitely will be painting um, other things other than Western as well, too. But I've just been having too much fun painting, painting the Western genre again. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I mean, you know, painting old, crusty old cowboys with, uh, you know, beards and stuff, that's always something I love doing. And um, <laughs> Even in my, you know, when I taught, when I was teaching at the school, I used to hire a lot of uh, models that always had big, you know, beards and, interesting mustaches and just, you know, characters. And that's always fun to paint and draw. So um, if you get to do it and, and get, you know, and sell something and, you know, make a little money off it, that's even better. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, we've heard it so many times from artists that have come on the show that basically have said, you know, you have to paint something that inspires you, that, you know, really starts to, to fill your passion. Um, or you're going to get really tired of painting those. <laughs> so, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's never a you know don't always paint with the intent of, of oh this one's going to sell because you may be surprised it may not sell. And you know, right, just, oh yeah. Well, that's that's happened to me in the past. You know, before I was doing 
uh, you know, when, a couple years ago, I mean, I would be painting something, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to sell, and, you know, it's still sitting on the wall. So. And that's just, you know, that's just the way you, Right. So I just kind of abandoned that thought process and just kind of paint just because you, know, you paint just because you enjoy the, the process and you enjoy, you know, creating something, and, and that's just it. And if it sells, it's a bonus. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I've been tr- basically. I've decided that you know I'm not into the competition thing, and you know I'm yeah, not no. really worried about going out and finding galleries at this point. It's like I want to get back to the fun of just painting and just you know, and hopefully some good work will come out of it, and I'll find that theme that you did, like you did, and you know. So yeah. I, I think you know that that's one piece of of advice is you know find find that passion and go with it and see what happens, but. Um, any other advice you'd like to give the artists about finding new direction? Um, I think you you pretty much capped it right there. I mean, it's it, it all it all comes down to passion. I mean, you know, we all have a passion to paint and draw. I mean, anybody who's listening to the program obviously has a passion to paint and draw because you know they wouldn't be otherwise. But but right. like you said, a lot of it is finding the passion to what you want to paint. Uh, what you want? What you want to get excited about it? I mean, some people love the outdoors and they love nature, so they go paint landscapes. Or you know, some people like that person-to-person connection and they they paint portraits. And you know, yeah. others like just you know being indoors but loving to paint something that doesn't move, so they do still life. Um, that's kind of where you have to to look for what you like doing. And there's some people like myself who like to do all three. You know, I, I, I enjoy doing all different subject matter. I like still life. I like landscape and, uh, and, and people. So it's, it's you know, you've got to kind of mix, you know, for me, I had, I had to mix it up a lot just to, you know, because I'm all over the place. So that's, that's, sort, of, that's sort of where I come from um, in, in doing paintings. And, and it's probably going to be a lot of the, what I do from here on out is just keep mixing it up, but it may have a slightly, um, you know, Western or excuse me, historical feel. Um, but and then some might not. You know, I, I'm I'm uh, you know I'm just I, I'm just too excited about what I've been doing lately, so I'm just kind of moving on it. But yeah. um, you know, and again, you just take one day at a time, you know, and 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 you just kind of paint what you feel and. Uh, but always in the back of your mind have this, um, you know, notion that, it, you know, it should look, you know, it needs to look like, the, you know, you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the style or the techniques and that kind of thing, if you're looking for the gallery thing. If you're not or painting for galleries or if you're not concerned with selling, then experiment all you want. Just go crazy, which is what I was doing Earlier on in my career, when I was working for the movie industry and I didn't have to worry about uh, making a living as being a painter, uh, I would just, you know, be experimental and do all kinds of different things and, you know, and just try different techniques and try to paint like different masters, you know, one night it's Rembrandt, the next night it's Sargent, you know, you try to just mix it up. But that was, of course, when I didn't need to earn a living off of being an artist, which I do these days, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it's it's really cool. So that's um, let's move on because I also wanted to talk a, a little bit about the new DVD that you have out, 
which is right. um, the portrait, portrait sketch to painting from photographs, I believe is right. the title. Um, right. So set, set this up because you're also selling off your website, and we'll get the you know where to go to order it information in here in a few minutes. But um, you're also selling the package deal of portrait sketch one and two. So start off with portrait sketch one and take us to portrait sketch two. And um, tell us, you know, all about those DVDs and and uh, you know why you put those out. Sure. Um, the first one, Portrait Sketch One, is um, that was done. Uh, it, it was it was the painting I did. My dad had um, sat for me, and actually the whole reason I did both of these was I was giving very small, intimate workshops. Um, to a group of like three, four students, and so I decided to film the demos. And the portrait sketch one disc, of course, is my dad, and he he came and sat uh, for me live, which was a lot of fun. And um, it's about uh, let's see, I think it's about four and a half hours long. The first disc, and it's from start to finish. Um, you know, it's just the the head painting. And you know, I just kind of basically take you through. That was 2009, I think I did that one, and uh, and I basically took you through uh, materials and palette and all that kind of stuff. And um, and the interesting thing about doing um, a, a demonstration uh, disc with a with an audience is that they're asking questions that normally. Uh, people who watch these DVDs probably would have the same questions, or they may bring up questions that they may not, you know, the viewer may not think of. So what was great about that is I had students asking questions, and I put up subtitles for, you know, for the people, who, you know, for obviously you can't hear them because they're not mic. But um, it's kind of nice because people can can, you know, get questions that I may not, you know, may not have brought up. You know, they're obvious things that I may not even have talked about, but but uh, you know, a beginner may have even you know uh, questions that I obviously wouldn't think about. So, so that works out good for that. And then, of course, in the beginning of that disc, there's a 10-minute um, sort of a mini documentary about my dad and his life and that kind of thing. And, and I wanted to do that while my dad was alive, and he got to see it. And you know, he, he was. Uh, from what my mom tells me, he was touched by it. But you know, there all that. All that stuff I wanted to get out, so he knew it, and um, and it was great. It was you know, and I and it's on Facebook that that portion of it. I had put that out there after my dad had passed away, because I wanted everybody to see who my dad was. And, uh, and then uh, also on that disc is a, I have like a twenty minute, uh, it's a twenty minute little um, clip of me uh, explaining how to study drawing. Um, and using the planes of the head and doing. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think. I haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> but it, it, it's basically um, one of the exercises that we did in in, in school was uh, taking a photograph and putting um, tracing paper over the top of it. And and what you would do is you would find uh, the planes of the head on that photograph. By tracing, you know, basically where the planes of the head, where the planes would meet, and it sort of, it's a nice way of understanding how to see the planes uh, when you look at 
if you if you're painting from life or drawing from life, you can actually recognize those planes. And also, you would you would uh, draw what's called the abstraction, um, which is the rhythms of the head. And so you trace that over that as well, and find those rhythms. And so it's a it's a nice little way of, of practicing drawing, and and that's included on the disc as well. And then the third uh, kind of fun bonus that is on the disc is I actually have a um, a, a, a a commentary track, a separate audio commentary track where Jeremy Lipking and I um, watch the video with you. So you can turn that on, and while you're watching it, if there's any quiet or dead moments, which if I'm talking, there's probably not many, but uh, <laughs> if uh, but but you know Jeremy and I are kind of just chatting and you know watching watching the video, but you can hear that conversation, and um, you know he's asking me some questions and, and I'm answering them, and then you know and that's so that's kind of interspersed in between the actual uh, audio of the DVD. And that's, and that's the portrait, the first one, the DVD, the portrait sketch uh, one. One. Mm-hmm. And then um, the, the portrait sketch two, the new disc, uh, I, in the fall I had done a, um, a very small workshop in my, in my current studio at Cal Lutheran University. Um, you know, there's a lot of DVDs out there that, you know, I kind of just saw a gap of of uh, DVDs that are out there that that don't show a proper way to paint from a photograph. Uh, well, paint from a photograph and make it look like it was done from life. Um, you know, there's 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 you know videos out there on how to how to draw from a photograph. And then there's videos out there on how to draw or paint from life, but mm-hmm. um, sort of the, the you know as, as portrait as a portrait artist, you know if you're a professional portrait artist, you want to be a professional portrait artist. Um, very rarely do you get a chance to actually have your sitter for the entire length of of the painting. So a lot of times you have to start with uh, you have to start with maybe a draw a sketch that you were able to get or um, you know if you're lucky you could do a quick color sketch from life if you know if your sitter has time you know a lot of you know a lot of these commissions that people get they get you know real um, you know busy you know busy people or CEOs or, or you know a bishop or you know somebody who can't designate a lot of time to sit for you so um, so my, this DVD covers um, this was a young lady who um, was uh, sitting for actually Ignat Ignatov at Cal Lutheran. Uh, Ignat had done a, a, a residency at the school uh, in our in our Quan Fong Gallery. There, he was there for a month painting every day, and he had a new a different model every day. And this was one of our students, and he kept at you know I was pretty busy, but you know I wanted to get over and, and paint with him. So I had about a 45-minute window on this one particular day, and I ran over and did a really quick 45-minute color sketch of of this young girl, Jessie. And so I had it, and I eventually wanted to do something with it, and I took a photograph of her. And uh, so I decided uh, for the workshop that I was going to teach this workshop on how to work from a color sketch for color and then use the photo 
for the drawing. And so that's what this, this DVD is about. I go from start to finish. It's, it's, about, it's a little over five hours long. And, um, we, and, and, and the concept is, is, is keeping it fresh, keeping the color fresh, keeping, your, um, you know, keeping, keeping you know, life in the painting without, you know, because with a photograph, even though the cameras are really good, these capture, they still don't capture what the human eye sees. And so it's better to start, you know, with that color sketch that you did from life, uh, and then when you compare the two, and you compare the photograph and the color sketch, and then the painting that I'm working on, and at one point I'm, I've got all four images up on the screen where I'm actually painting, and then there's the, the actual photograph, there's the color sketch, and then there's my palette. Um, you can actually see the difference. Uh, you, you can't see things in the photograph that you see in the color sketch. Which is which is basically the color sketch is my, um, you know, my rendition of what I saw. So um, so then we take that, you know, we go through the process, and um, and so that's just it. It's it's a it's you know it flows pretty well. It's a and it's um, about five hours long. And again, there's there's a couple of students and they're asking questions, so I put that up there. Uh, you know, I put up the questions so people can hear them. And then again, I take you through all the the, um, the different materials, the brushes, and the and the paint. And you know, I, I talk about uh, Michael Harding's paint because uh, I've been using Michael's paint for for um, quite a while now. And so there's there's a couple of different um, colors that I use specifically for portraits. Um, specifically, is is uh, genuine Chinese vermilion, uh, and there's actually a free clip of that of that portion of it online that I put on YouTube and Facebook uh, about how to use that uh, Chinese vermilion to boost chroma in, in the cheeks and that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and of course, I'm using Rosemary's brushes, which are always fantastic. So, um, so, I, uh, so that, that's, that's the new desk. And uh, I was so happy to get it done before the holidays. and. Uh, and it's also, um, aside from it being a physical disc, it's also available on my Zoroya site, which and I, I have the uh, HD version online. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's not really a market yet for Blu-ray. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, Blu-ray demonstration discs. I mean, some people are putting them out there, but from what I've spoken to people, that there's still not the big demand for the Blu-ray high def. Um, discs because they do cost a lot to produce, right. so and they're they're going to be very expensive. So so, but I did, but that's the kind of nice thing about my my Zoroya site is that I can I can put um, streaming HD on there, so you're getting that HD quality, and it's usually at a lesser price because it's, there's no cost of producing a disc. So um, so you can get the higher def uh, stream uh, on the Zoroya site, which is kind of fun. So. So it's, a, it's and and then with the Zeroya site, you know, it's, um, it also if you buy the HD version, it comes with the standard def version, so you can watch them on your iPad or or your phone or whatever it is. Um, so you can take me with you wherever you want to go. Not that you would want to, though. <laughs> oh no, there'll be a number of us that will want to, I'm sure. So so to order your videos, you can do that off uh, a, a actual DVD of your videos. They would do that off of your website. Yeah, they would go to the website, which is profineart.com, 
And then there's a link that says uh, DVDs. Let me make sure I'm getting that correctly. I'm sitting in front of my computer here. Um, so if you go to profineart.com, and uh, yes, there is a DVDs button at the very top of the screen in, in the list of menus there. You click on DVDs, and it goes to the page where it has uh, it has a couple of trailers. Whoops, let's start it up. I didn't want it to start. But it's got um, trailers for both discs, and it also has. And I also have a special that I'm running. Um, I mean, it's not going to expire. It's just if you buy both discs. Um, let me get that price right, just so I, uh, I don't give you a wrong price. Um, so there's a special price of buying both discs, which is one fourteen ninety nine, as opposed to one forty four ninety eight. And again, there are two discs, uh, two disc sets. They're both two disc sets. So, so it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of demonstrations. Uh, for the money, but um, you know, and, it, and, it, and I'm just kind of the way I do these things is I try to just explain the process that I use and the process that I've learned. Uh, and again, um, you know, I'll, I'll reiterate this: this is not the only way to paint. Um, this is just my way of painting. Um, you know, a lot of times, a lot of the, you know, a lot of different schools of thought will say, "Well, this is the only way you should paint, and that's it." Um, I'm, I don't come from that school of thought. I come from the school of thought of this is a way to paint, not the way to paint. And I think, and I think people, when they're learning to paint or they're still expanding their, their toolbox of knowledge, I think they should learn all different methods uh, of how to paint because that's, the, that's one of the best ways of, of getting that amalgamation of you as an artist is, is experimenting and trying different ways of working um, and, and covering all those different grounds, and then so you'll you, you'll pick and pull uh, different techniques from different styles and methods, uh, and you're going to naturally pick things that that you're going to gravitate towards, and that's again that's going to be that amalgamation of you as the artist. You know, I, I spoke right. to a young artist a couple nights ago, and she was very worried about coming up with a style or something, and and I told her I said, well. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about coming up with your own style. You're going to gravitate towards your own style by the things that you like, the, the paintings that, that, that inspire you the most, and the methods that you use to, to create the work. It's all going to eventually culminate to, to look like you. And so, you know, as long as you're not just focused in on one particular artist and you're trying to copy, 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 and try to get every brushstroke like a particular artist, if you're if you're opening up your mind and expanding uh, your mind to all different types of, of painters uh, and draftsmen, you're naturally going to create your own amalgamations. So that's kind of my, my thought on that. Yeah, yeah. I had a discussion. We had an, or, an artist breakfast where a number of artists in Middletown get together, and we we talk about different things. And that was pretty much one of the things that we did talk about was. We, we were talking about you know different tools like there's a sculptor that is a, a part of the group and a photographer and just basically it's really loosely just anybody that's an artist I mean I don't care if they're musicians or whatever everybody's welcome and we were talking about you know the fact that we gravitate towards using the same tool all the time and I said well you know my biggest inspiration came when I put my brushes down and picked up my palette knives and started painting 
you know, my voice really came out, I think, when I started doing that more. So, you know, I, I'm yeah. on one side saying, you know, no, 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 don't limit your tools. Pick up everything. Experiment, play. And they're on the other side going, no, 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 just, <laughs> just pick up your tools and find your voice with that one tool. And I was, So it was an interesting discussion that we had. But, you know, again, yeah, yeah. It, it all comes... Go ahead, Tony. No, I was no, I'm not, I was just agreeing with what you were saying. Um, but yeah, it, it's weird. It's like a you have an in, artists will always have internal battles with themselves. You know, one of, one part of you is going to want to paint and draw one way, another part of you is going to want to paint and draw the other way. I mean, I know I go through that myself. You know, when I see like a, a Bouguereau painting, I want to paint you know something that's really tight and polished and gorgeous. And then I'll see a patient painting the next minute, and I'll be like, oh, I want to do that. And then you can't make up your mind. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where you just kind of paint, you know, you don't worry about it and just paint as you would paint, you know. And, and there might be something in a bougaro that you put into the painting, and there might be another thing from the patient that you would put in the painting. It's just, you know, it's like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> you know, one's peanut butter and the other one's jelly. And you put them together and see what you get. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the ex the fun for me is the exploration too. It's you know, it, it, and I'm sure it is for most artists. It's just you know, what happens if I do this? You know, get rid exactly. of that fear well, and, and see it. Yeah, absolutely. And don't be afraid. That's the other thing too. It's just um, it, it's uh, it, just be just enjoy the process, and that's that's why we do what we do. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. So then um, you want to give the address for the Sorolla site as well. So Zoroya, uh, Zoroya site is Z-A-R-O-L-L-A dot com. So it's basically, it's basically if you're spelling the, the and the name the name comes from the Z is Zorn and the A-R is Sergeant and then O-L-L-A is or R-O-L-L-A is Zoroya. So it's basically Zoroya with a Z. Okay. So that's that's what the name came from. So it's uh, z a r o o l l a dot com, and then there's a workshops page, and then there's a classes page, and there's all kinds of other content there too. There's a Dan Gerhardt's, um, there's Dan Gerhardt's video. There's my my drawing instructor Glenn Orbick has uh, his uh, head drawing classes online, which are immensely popular. Uh, he's one of the best drawing instructors uh, going right now in any studio. Or any in any art school, and uh, he's phenomenal. And I was able to get him uh, hunkered down for for ten ten of his uh, demonstrations and lectures. And we're going to do a figure one um, this year as soon as he gets not so busy. And then uh, and there's other other good stuff on there too. Okay. And I uh, wanted to take a few minutes. I know that uh, I'm going to be flying out actually to the Representational Art Conference in March, and I know that you're involved. You're going to be doing a demo. Is that correct? Yes, I'm the I'm I'm on the board of that. It's 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 done through the college that I teach at, Cal Lutheran University, and um, I am going to be doing uh, the first day, which is March second. Um, there is a paint out to the California Art Club uh, in front of the, the hotel, which is in beautiful Ventura, which is right on the ocean there. And uh, it's, it's literally on the sand. And the paint out is going to be right out in front. And there's, a, there's the Ventura Pier right there. So there's a lot of stuff to paint there. Um, it's going to be myself 
and George Gallo and um, Eric Merrill, Peter Adams, Alexi Steele, um, and and we're going to be sort of just field painters out in the front, and there'll be a bunch of folks from the California Art Club that'll be painting along with us. And so that's the first day, and then it's followed by a um, the president's reception. The president of of the Cal Lutheran University, Chris Kimball, he's he's giving a president's reception. Um, and then that is followed up by evening demonstrations, which will be, it's, it's going to be kind of nice because um, uh, uh, we're getting, we're doing a one big room in the hotel, one of the big ballrooms, and in each corner of the ballroom, there will be a demonstration going on at the same time. And um, what that will, what that will entail is me in one corner, uh, doing a portrait demonstration, and then in the other three corners, um, it's going to be uh, Virgil Elliott, uh, who is going to be doing a demonstration on, um, I'm not exactly sure what he's going to be doing, but it's going to be uh, uh, something about um, generating reference material without a camera. And then um, in the other corner is going to be Graydon Parrish, who is going to be doing a lecture on the Munzel color system, which is exciting. And then uh, we also have Pam Hawks, who's from, um, from England, who's going to be doing one in that corner. And then the following night's demos will be uh, at all. Oh, and then uh, there's also going to be um, Stephen Perkins is doing uh, Ecorche. Um, so the, the exciting thing is, is it's going to be one big room, there's going to be demos going on in each corner of the ballroom. And in the middle of this room, there's going to be uh, wine tastings. And uh, there's also going to be a vodka tasting of the new artist's vodka. Uh, my, oh, wow. my, buddy Jim Bull my, Jim, my buddy Jim Bullion has uh, a new um, wonderful vodka. It's called Artist Vodka um, because he himself is an artist. And uh, and there's also um, a limoncello tasting from our friends at Ventura Limoncello. So they're yeah. going to be uh, they're going to be doing tastings in the middle. So and of course I'm sure that the uh, all of our a lot of our sponsors will be there selling product like Rosemary. I'm so looking forward to seeing Rosemary and Simi and uh, Michael Harding. Michael and Karen Harding will be there. And um, our good friend uh, Kyle from Rembrandt is going to be there from Canton, is going to be there. Um, the lovely ladies from Raymar will be selling panels uh, and lots of other uh, great, exciting stuff. And um, so it's going to be good. Yeah, and then, of course, our, our keynote speaker is going to be Odd Nerdrum and Juliet Aristides and Roger Scruton. And... Uh, I mean that's a heck of a lineup. I'm just, I'm. It's going to be an amazing event. I'm, I, I cannot wait for it. <laughs> right, it's and, be and that's March. Yeah, it, it's going to be that's, fantastic. That's March second through March fifth. Yeah, March second through March fifth. At the, I can't and remember the hotel. Crown. The hotel, yeah, the Crown Plaza, Ventura Beach. Crown Plaza. And and the last that we had it in 2012. Uh, around the same time, and the weather was absolutely perfect. It was just fantastic, and there were, you know, it was just it was fantastic weather, and you've got the California beach and uh, lots of uh, lots of artists. We've got a, a much bigger attendance this year 
uh, as I suspected there would be. But uh, it's going to be a big attendance. It's just going to be one, um, you know, it's just going to be filled with art, interesting, interesting um, talks about art, great demos, and uh, a heck of a, heck of a lot of camaraderie, which is my favorite part. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. I, I was not fortunate to, even though we did some broadcast uh, leading up to uh, Track 2012, I, I wasn't able to go out. But this year, we've done a number of um, talks leading up to this, which I'll feature again uh, coming up so that if folks mix, missed them the first time around, we'll fe feature them again. And then I'm actually going to be out there with you broadcasting live for about an hour and a half. And we'll be oh, able fantastic. to take questions. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be able to take questions and everything because we'll actually be on the new format, the new show uh, through Artist Network, and they're looking forward to, you know, having that uh, being available. But like you said, there is a, a big attendance that is happening there. So um, track T R A C 2014.org is the website. Go out and register now <laughs> if you haven't done so because they're they're getting. They're getting a lot of uh, a really great response. A lot of people are responding and registering. So um, something you yeah, don't want to miss. Yeah, and the, and the hotel will probably fill up pretty soon, uh, sooner than later. So uh, there are other hotels nearby, but um, you know this one, the Crown Plaza, is great. It's always nice to stay uh, stay right there, and and they're they're actually giving out a good um, conference rate too. It's uh, one nineteen a night with the ocean view, so and you mm. can't beat that. Um, yeah, I'm there, so, especially if we're going to be drinking vodka and, and limoncello. I don't need to oh, be driving yeah. anyone. So. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> and, and the theme is it's kind of, um, we're talking about the aesthetics of art um, this year, right? Um, kind of like why, yeah, beauty, I know Rogers, that's why beauty matters. And Exactly, exactly. Everybody saw that Roger's um, fantastic uh, Documentary about why beauty matters, and um, and and there's going to be so there's going to be a discussion with with Roger on stage um, with Odd Nerdrum, and Odd uh, really wanted to be involved in this. I mean, Odd is a very elusive um, artist to say the least, and and as soon as he heard Roger was coming and and wanted to discuss uh, the aesthetics of art and why why beauty matters, he definitely has a lot to say about it. Um, you know, having discussed this with him myself, we we got to we got to see him in, in his uh, chateau in Paris. But he, you know, he also has his um, his thought of art, and, you know, his kitsch. Um, and so he's going to talk about that and, and, and sort of. You know, I, I'm looking forward to it. It should be quite quite an interesting scene. So and I, I think there's going to be a lot to gain from that. So I'm excited about it. I am too. I'm looking forward to broadcasting for there. I'm looking forward to, to actually just, you know, being in everybody's presence and watching everything that's going on out there as well. It's going to be a great time. So again, it's at uh, trac2014.org. So you, you can see the schedule that's out there, the, the tentative schedule, I should say, and um, and there's a button there where you can register. So uh, you you did touch on Tony that you were. Um, you, you you use Michael Harding's oil colors, handmade oil colors. Right. And right. you're also an ambassador for Michael, I'm I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And um just I I actually uh paint, have paint also with Michael's paints. So 
And I also get asked this question a lot, but since you're an ambassador, I'll, I'll let you answer it. Is, you know, why do you like Michael's paints so much? Well, the short answer is um, it does exactly what I need paint to do. Um, I, I, and then sort of the long reason explanation of that is that, I mean, I've used several different brands of paint over the years, and I've experimented with all different types. And um, his paint moves across canvas and comes off the brush better than anything I've used. Um, I've, I've even used other, you know, extremely uh, expensive handmade paints. Uh, and I'm not going to give any names, but I've used other um, well-known hand, handmade paints and they don't operate the way I need them to. You know, they they might operate more towards another style or technique. But with a with an alla prima approach, um, you need paint to go down uh, a certain way, and and it also needs to maintain its its strength of of uh, pigmentation and 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 that's with him with with his paint. I I, I got that right away, and it just has that consistency that I love. Now again, um, you know, materials are a very um, individual thing to artists and, and artists need to understand that. They need to, you know, see what they what works the best for them. Um, but but I but but for Michael's, you know, paint it just works exactly as I need it to do. And I mean I can't explain it much better than that. And, and I also have the, the comfort knowing that it's the best made paint that's out there, or one of the best, I should say. There are other, uh, you know, brands, um, handmade brands that are that are well made as well. But this, you know, Michaels is 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 the one for me that works the best. And plus, you know, as I as I, you know, progressed in my work, I sort of had this. It, it, it's sort of nice to have this connection to a paint maker. So you can, because I have questions that I want to ask about, you know, how does this color react, or how will this, you know, react over time, or how how is this color made, or why does this color do this, you know, and and, and any, um, you know, when you're dealing with a small um, a smaller paint label that hand makes paint, you have that ability to ask questions like that. Uh, Michael's mm -hmm. great about um, answering questions. To anybody, um, you know, off their website, you know, you, he's he's great about getting back to people about what, you know why his paint works the way it does and, and why others don't. Um, so that's 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 you know that's the long and short of why I use his paint. I mean, it's you know his particularly the, the ones that I'm excited about and have been excited about is the you know like I said earlier is the, the Chinese Vermilion and um, and also, his, uh, I just recently started using his stack lead white. I, I never used oh, yeah. stack lead white because I couldn't figure out how to use it. But then yeah. I, <laughs> he gave me a he gave me a really nice long explanation about it, and then I started using it. Boy, it's, it's just really, you know, it it really works for for some applications of the way I work. But I don't always use it because it doesn't it doesn't always apply. But Again, there's that experimentation thing where where you do need to experiment and 
and try different oh. things to get certain effects. And then, you know, because there's, you know, he makes a white for every occasion. There's, uh, you know, he's got a couple different titaniums. He's got the, the cremnets. He's got the stacked lead. So, you know, and each one does a completely different thing. So it's good right. to, to try to try all the different all the different things. And um, yeah. so that's you know again that's that's my that's my reason for. It. And he's just such he and Karen are such wonderful people. I mean we 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 got to know each other so well over the last over the last year, and um, they're just great folks. They 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 come to the studio every now and again. Karen's um, Karen's father lives uh, about ten minutes from my studio. So they, they yeah. come out uh, pretty often to visit, and they'll visit and stay with him, and they always come by for a, for a quick lunch and uh, a chat about, you know, paint and art and just, you know, fun stuff. And uh, they're just great folks. I really, really enjoy working with them, and, you know, I love working with this paint. Yeah, I, um, I had the opportunity mm-hmm. to demo his paint down in um, North Carolina, with them, and, and so I was using their paints exclusively. And, and I have to say, I was a skeptic at the beginning. I mean, I was doing these all oh, come on paints, paint, you know, motor oils, motor oil, all that kind of stuff. But you know, I've been using their paints now for the, you know, extensively over the last couple um, six months or so. And, and I happened to have some other paint, which we name name was laying around that I had. You know, it's like, well, I have to use this up. And I started another painting with it, and I'm like, I'm going to throw this out. <laughs> it was just, you know, it. it I actually, you know, and it's hard to, to talk about, like you said, because everybody, you know, likes paints for different reasons, and, and it's very um, personal. But I have gotten to the point where um, I I can't use I Michael's does what I want it to do, so I can't I can't use anyone else's at this point. It's just, and then and like you said, the stack lead on itself was such an amazing exploration. I used it um, to on my last painting of El Capitan to help build up um, the the ridges on the the mountain itself. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really cool. cool yeah. So one last thing, I want you to talk about your exhibit at Quan Fong Gallery. Did I say that right? Yes, you got it. Yeah, yeah so you have an exhibit there as well. So why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, and then I'll let you get back to painting. <laughs> All right. The, uh, the the exhibit at the Quan Fong, um, you know, when I first came to to Cal Lutheran, um, you know, after a couple of months, um, Michael Pierce, who's uh, who was the chair there at the time, um, who also curates the Quan Fong Gallery, which is on campus there, um, he had been, you know, he wanted to do a, a a solo show for me in the gallery there, and uh, you know, of course. We had to plan for it about a year and a half. I think it was about a year and a half out. And so, you know, I was I was progressing along, and we had ideas and this and that. And then, um, you know, as we started getting closer, um, the show opened at the end of November. I think it was the weekend. I want to say it was the weekend before Thanksgiving. I think I think it was. I don't know. The holidays made me all foggy, so I can't remember anything. But uh, so, um, but you know, so so time was starting to get crunchy, and things were starting to get really close. Um, you know, at the end of the uh, the spring semester last year, and then we moved into June, which is when my dad passed away. And I just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, a lot of things just sort of stopped for me. 
um, mm-hmm. in general. And I, I didn't really, you know, when I was going through that change in my of how I wanted my work to be and all this, um, it, it really, I really didn't have an interest in doing the show anymore. But I didn't want to leave them obviously drawing and hanging, and, and you know, I have a. It, and, and the show is really a, really for the CLU community and, 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 and the students there and just sort of kind of help them understand, you know, what it is that I do. Um, so I went back to Michael and I said, look, you know, I've always, wanted to, I've always wanted to be in a show with my dad, you know, the two of us together. And so, um, so he said, that sounds fine, that sounds great, you know. So, so the show is... is I don't want to call it a retrospective because I'm over 40, but um, it's like a mini sort of mid-career retrospective uh, of work that that I had done uh, over the last 10 years um, of of sort of my process of of generating this body of work. You know, things is, like I said, as far back as 10 years up to current pieces, some some of my new Western pieces that are uh, Native American pieces are, are in the show, as well as there's a section of my dad's um, paintings, uh, some of his wildlife um, paintings uh, as well. And then I've got a couple of my portraits of my dad. One of them is the the portrait I did of my dad uh, for the for the first DVD portrait sketch. And then uh, there's another painting I did of my dad um, earlier on. So it's kind of a nice. It was, it was, you know, it was really well received. We had an opening night, really nice opening for it, and we had a lot of family and friends and um, artist friends come out for it. And um, it was a, it was a really nice, uh, really nice occasion. The show came out really nice. It's, it's up till February eighth, um, and it's, so it's still on view at uh, Quan Fong at California University in Thousand Oaks, California. And um, you know, and it's and it, it's got a it, it, it's kind of a good little snapshot of me as an artist over the last ten years, and and then my relationship with my dad, and uh, and then that's about it. It's it's just you know, and then the students. It's really about a lot of my students, you know, showing my students the progression of an artist, you know, and and, and that's kind of what I wanted the students to see. Um, at, you know, a lot of the students at Cal Lutheran who who um, are studying with me and. Uh, and that's sort of that's sort of what I what I wanted to put out there for, for the, the CLE community. Great, sounds wonderful. So I wish it was up when I came out in March, but uh, I'll have to come by and visit. Yeah, the yeah. Unfortunately, there, it's, it comes down in February, and, and for that for for the track show, there's going for, there's going to be a women painting women show uh, that's oh. going up, um, which will be there for people to see, and I believe there will be a some sort of shuttle that's going to take folks over there to see it. And then uh, there's going to be a really interesting representational figurative show. Uh, we have another gallery, Museum of Art, on the north side of campus, which is the, the William Rowland uh, uh, Gallery of Art. And that's going to have a really, really interesting um, uh, figurative show of contemporary uh, uh, painters. Uh, which will which will also have an Art Nerdrum piece and uh, you know Adam Miller and, and a couple other uh, a few. It's actually going to be a pretty sizable show. I can't name everybody off because I don't have it offhand. But uh, so there's going to be a couple of uh, different things to see on campus during the week of track. 
Great. Great. Well, it sounds like you're really, really busy, and I appreciate you taking time out to talk to us. And um, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and like I said, I can't wait to see all of you out there um, in March. And um, I will be sending this out to our newsletter fans and, um, and posting links all through Facebook and Google Plus and LinkedIn. So we'll get this, out, this podcast out to everyone as well. So thank you so much, Tony. Well, thank you very much, Lynn. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in March. We'll, uh, we'll post some artist vodka together. <laughs> well, there you go. That sounds wonderful. I'm for that. I have to get, you know, I'm standing here in cold, and like I said, it's, it's January here. Just looked at my computer that gave me an alert that we're supposed to get three to five more inches of snow. So if you want to come back here and paint some snow sometime, you're oh, more man. than welcome to do that. <laughs> it's, 80, it's 80 degrees. It's, I hate to say it, but it's 80 degrees here in uh, in my area today. So, <laughs> but we could use some, uh, yeah. some 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 wet weather because uh, we're we're facing a drought season here. So yeah, but, yeah, uh, I saw that. I guess I guess I guess I can't complain. No, no. So just keep it sunny and 80 for us in March, and you can have all the okay, rain well, after that you want. Okay. All right, we'll try. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening. And uh, like I said, we'll get this out on podcast quickly. Uh, again, this is the last AMO Art Chat. And um, we'll be going to be uh, moving to the Artist Network in February. February 14th, we're going to have Michael Pierce on the show. And Michael's going to be talking a, a little bit more about the uh, track. And we're also going to kind of recap all of the conversations that we had on AMO Art Chat um, you know, all the different titles that we had, and then uh, just kind of talking about what's new in Michael's world as well. So that's on February 14th. It'll be through Artist Network. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters. And um, with that, we'll say goodbye, and, and thank you for listening to MORChat, and we hope to see you over at Artist Network in February. Good night, everybody. <laughs>